This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. No Hello and welcome to the No Name Ever podcast. This is part two of our summer FPL preview and it's fantastic to be able to welcome back Jimmy the Claret who has, uh, who has the biggest Twitter following of any Burnley FPL account out there to get his views just a week before the big kickoff? How's the planning going, Jimmy? Adam, mate, it's always a pleasure to have a natter. Um, I'm on draft number officially three That's in my good. head, about 3033. Um, we're ticking along. Yeah, I think there's there's plenty of plenty of ways to do it. Some people won't have even logged in yet, and other people like messing about with it for a month, like me, and it being completely pointless. But we do it because we enjoy it. Um, just gonna the format for this, guys, is I'm gonna uh, share the website uh, screen, and we're gonna talk through Jimmy's latest draft and why he's picking the players he is at the moment, and any considerations in the build up to the kickoff. And I'll obviously give give my thoughts as well as we go through. Um, I can't keep quiet on this subject, so I will just share the website now. Right off, uh, off we go. This for anyone who doesn't know, this is the transfer page. Uh, when you navigate to the website, um, I've got all fifteen um, places blank at the moment. This isn't my squad. You can see underneath. Uh, it's just uh, an auto-pick squad. So the real picks will start now. Uh, do you want to start with the goalkeepers? Jimmy, what um, what do you look for in a good FPL goalkeeper? And um, what do you tend to go with? One one pick or two options that you can rotate? Just talk us through your thinking when you're picking your, your goalkeepers. Well, it seems like we're on a wavelength because I was thinking of going through the squad in the order that I'd pick it when I'm making a new squad. And the first thing I always do is put a 4.0 million goalkeeper in there. Um, I'll I'll never rotate goalkeepers these days because I think goalkeepers have as much luck on their position to get a return as any other because it just takes one penalty or 
um, one missed penalty perhaps and everything can swing on it and there's a limit to how much you can plan for that so I always just have one goalkeeper stick it in and a 4.0 uh, just bench fodder um, so this year I put in Ariola from West Ham because I think that's the 4.0 that's most likely to get minutes you know um, Flappy's getting on a little bit and I, I think we're likely to see some shared time there so that's where I was leaning towards uh, first off the bat yeah, solid. I think um, <clears throat> uh, uncertain whether it's going to be Ariola or Fabianski. So yeah, I agree. Best of the four million keepers. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to go with your format. We can go yeah, go through the full squad and and fill it as we go. So yeah, uh, anything to add on that, or do you want to move on to your second pick? No, it's fairly unexciting. He'll sit on the bench every week, but hopefully, if he needs to get called on, he'll get us some minutes in. Um, Obviously, when we start getting towards bench boost season, we we'll want to get some playing people on the bench. But at the moment, to start off the season, I think push it all into your squad. Try and start hard, start high, get ahead of the curve, and then everyone's playing catch up to you rather than the other way around. So <clears throat> the next one that I put into my draft was a defender, Burnley's own Bayer. Uh, that's... Uh... That's good that you're keeping the faith and uh, making the most of Burnley being back in FPL. Uh, so I add Jordan Bay to the squad. Um, what are your thoughts on um, on his price tag? I think that's that's been a big talking point. But um, yeah, why has he made your game week one squad? You, you can't ask for better. The cheapest possible option. So in effect, you're not spending any money on him because you have to spend four million. So he's as cheap as you can possibly get. He's about as nailed as you can possibly get. I back us to get a good number of clean sheets, especially home this season. Um, I've got a lot of faith. So it's not just that he's going to be getting your ones and twos off the bench. He might be getting you those clean sheets if called upon. And to be honest, if we're playing someone easy at home, why not start him if you have to? So you can't get a better option than that for me this year. Yeah, again, agreed. He'll be in my team. I'm really surprised to see him at four million when he's uh, such a good player. Like the Premier League, uh, obviously, don't know what what's going to hit them. But um, yeah, completely agree. And I've just got the Burnley squad loaded up on the right hand side of the screen. Are there any? It's quite a big squad, as you can see. I don't think we've ever had that big a squad in FPL before. But <laughs> we've never um, had to scroll there... down before, have we? <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, yeah, starting eleven, and that were it. But. Uh, what are your thoughts on the overall prices uh, for Burnley players? And there any is there anyone else that you're keeping an eye on uh, from the squad? I think they're really nicely priced. Um, obviously, there's a bit of defender roulette in there, but as soon as we start to know who's looking to lock down those starting positions, then you could easily have another four million starter. You know, happy days. Um, I think the mids are really, really interesting. I uh my 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 second draft ever was a Brown Hills Aurorian Benson mid draft, but then um <laughs> then I, I woke up and I I thought about it a little bit and I, I took the claret glasses off and uh yeah it's nice to have a bit of fun though. Uh, who do you think's the pick of the midfielders? Because yeah, I'm really surprised. I think they are. I'm really bullish on Zorori, to be honest with you. Um. Now, maybe he's not someone that you're going to start every week. Maybe he's going to be a bench player. But at the end of the day, for someone who got a return every three games on average last season, 
I think he's definitely worth the 0.5 mil over um, your bench fodder, over a 4.5 mil defender. I think it's worth putting a little bit of extra cash for someone that you could actually call upon. Now, maybe he's going to grow into this season as it goes, but you can bench him when needed. You can start him as things start to tick along. I really, really like Zorori. And I had him until this latest draft. And the only reason I took him out is because I've gone pretty premium all across the board in the middle. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see that as we go through. But yeah, it's always is is an exciting player to watch. It's always good to have those those sort of players in your team. Uh, and at his age, he's only going to get better. And yeah, first half of last season before the World Cup, and uh, and then um, Ramadan that he the deals with later on in the season, he he were on fire, weren't he? So yeah, he'll be one I'm keeping an eye on as well. Um, Strike Force, Vegost, Foster, and Obafemi. You won't be touching them at the start, will you? No, no, especially because, I mean, I want to see how, we, how we're all knitting together and kicking on against some Premier League defenders and defence. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe not. But I think the way team structures are working out this year with your big hitter, Haaland, and wanting to get as many in the midfield as possible, it just feels too much of an ask to put a little bit of cash into a Burnley striker who you're not that confident in just yet. But who knows if it emerges down the line, you know, we've got to have a bit of faith and you've got to have a bit of flexibility in your planning. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, right, on from Burnley then. Um, sadly, we can't talk about Burnley FPL all night, but uh, nice that we've got some involvement there. Um, who's, your, uh, who's your next pick for your squad? So the next ones I went in was with some premium midfielders. As soon as they got announced, I was thinking the Saka. 8.5. I think that's he's going to make a mockery of that tag this year. I think we'll be looking back at it at the end of the year going, you know, crikey, they, they, they could have stuck another couple of mil on that and we'd have still paid happily for it. It's a bit like, um, it reminds me of Fernandez when he joined um, partly through that COVID season, he was about eight mil and he scored roughly a million points um, and it was an absolute bargain. So I think Saka's going to be a must-have in there. Um, speaking of Fernandez, put him in Bruno Fernandez. Yeah, another one at eight and a half, which I agree with, with Saka, he could have easily been more, well, should have been more expensive, but Fernandez's price surprised me as well. Both on penalties then too as well. They are. The only risk with Fernandez is if he starts dropping a little bit deeper. But at 8.5, I'd rather have him for the first few. Get I'd be a little bit annoyed that, oh, he's dropping a bit deeper than I'd like. I'll just downgrade him and bank the money. Rather than not have him, he goes bananas. And now I'm struggling to find some cash down the back of the sofa to bump someone up. So I'd rather go it this way, especially because I can afford it. You mentioned the pricing. And... I think some of these seriously talented midfielders are so underpriced that you can have a fully stacked midfield and not really sacrifice anywhere else. So it kind of seems like a non-brainer. And if it's a risk, fine. You just drop it down, bank the cash and say, thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. Just just on the pricing, like when Haaland and Trent were two of the first uh, first prices released and it was 14 million for Haaland, 8 million for Trent. And I'm thinking, oh, this could be tricky this year. But like you said, it's kind of balanced it out with some of the prices in midfield. So um, you can build a, a pretty a pretty good squad, which is obviously 
in towards the target audience. But yeah, it's nice to have uh, have some of the bigger bigger hitters. Um, who's next in your team? Are we moving to the forward line or are we staying in midfield? We've got one more in midfield first, and that's Rashford. Yeah, confident. United start then. Oh, just those first three fixtures are beautiful. Wolves at home, Forest at home. No disrespect. Tottenham away. Plenty of disrespect. Uh, it, you just can't ask for better for some attacking fixtures, to be honest with you. And again, if it messes up, you can easily drop it down to almost anyone you fancy in the game. So I'm very happy with that. Yeah. Stuff. Who's next? I, I had, uh, keeping on the Arsenal um, theme as well there, um, players in red, uh, I put Gabriel in defence. Yeah, they were um, pretty solid last year. And as we'll come on to, and you've already mentioned, uh, their fixtures are quite nice at the start as well. So double Arsenal at the moment could be more, we'll see. And double United seems like a sensible way to go when you're starting your, your draft. And then we jump up to the top. Big man at the top. I'll start typing without... Uh... Harry Kane. Well... <laughs> 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 You are joking, I. <laughs> no, no, no. I know I put I put Kane in. Are you going to maybe put Kane in and then take him out again? Well, it proves the point because I did start this draft with Kane, and I put in. I genuinely, I started it with Kane. I built everyone else in, and at the end of the draft, I had one point five million in the bank, and there's just nothing else to spend it on beyond bumping Kane up to Haaland. Mm-hmm. So I do have Haaland in my team, but literally only because I had the money left once I'd put everyone else I wanted in. Of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't think there's much more you can say about him. Is even, even at 14 million, I think he's a must-have. And anyone not going with him will be taking a massive risk right from the off. Can you see any argument of not having him in your team? I genuinely can. Um, I think there's... I, I, I trust me. I'm not sitting here saying he's a bad pick, or you're daft if you pick him, or da da da, because I've got him at the moment. But I think there's two reasons why you could at least be sensible for going without not being a madhead. There's an emotional reason in that when you're playing FPL, you only really make three decisions a week: do me transfer, do me captain, do me benching. Do you want to remove? one of those decisions and then limit your options for the rest by cutting your cash even more like it's it just make might make the game a little bit less fun but there's a logical side as well that Haaland last season is a permacap right you're just going to stick the armband on him every week every week every week well on certain weeks if you have enough other players stacking your midfield for example is there going to be a week where someone explosive like Son or uh, Rashford or um, Saka, whoever it might be, might outscore him on any given week. It's possible. So if you have enough options and you spread the captaincy around, it's a lot of money. But you also can think that Kane last season in a pretty naff season for Spurs only got nine points left, less than Haaland. So if you get the captaincy right on some of those risky but maybe more explosive players each week, you could be pulling ahead. Now, you've got to pick your cards right on that. And if you're more of a risky manager or you you love taking hits to move in the best player each week, like fine, crack on. Um, 
But the reason why I went back to Haaland is because I got a midfield stuff with premium players and could still afford him because everyone's so underpriced. So why bet against if you don't have to? But I think there are decent reasons. You're not mad if you do go without. It's uh, the best argument I've heard um, against having him, to be honest. He'll be in my team, but I, I play a very safe game. There's way, loads of different ways to play it, and that would be a fun a fun way to play it because it definitely does take something away. Uh, like you said, one of the three division uh, decisions were pretty much done for a lot of people last year, but um, yeah, enjoy it. That's the main thing. Uh, who's next? So I did put Trent in at first, but then I looked at his 8 million price tag and I thought, you're the same price as 24 return asset Martinelli, mate. So I put Martinelli in instead, and he's sat in my midfield. Yep. So yeah, triple Arsenal. I think that's a, that's a wise decision as well. Um. So yeah, like you said, all pretty much star players so far, especially Bayer. Uh. So who's are you going to complete <laughs> your midfield? Um. And show us the full star studded midfield, or have you got another pick for us next? No, that was the next option that I put. I put in Foden. Yeah, and that isn't like all the other players I'd say in your midfield are nailed starters who had exactly. very good seasons last year. Whereas Foden, although he's obviously a top player like the rest of them, and probably the reason for his price actually at seven point five, only started twenty two out of the thirty eight games last year, um, mm-hmm. and was very frustrating to own at certain points when um, Pep kept benching him. Why is he in your um, starting squad this year? So he got fewer minutes in the 22-23 season than in the 21-22, but he got more returns than the other City players. So he gets a return on average, you know, every 101 minutes. Mahrez every 112, Grealish every 136. And Grealish is probably still drunk, so we can't read too much <laughs> into him. Uh, but if you can cope with the massive quote-unquote adrenaline rush of his managed minutes, and you've got a decent bench, he can return well and it's explosive. Because with Pep, everyone's going to get rotated. So I'd accept it and just pick the players who are most explosive within those reduced minutes. And if you look at the numbers, and if you kind of look with your eyes as well, Obviously, Mahrez isn't a factor anymore, but Foden's got the edge over Grealish on that explosiveness by about half an hour per return. Yeah, and I think with um, like with the bench options, like you say, with people like Bayer on the bench, and, and I'm sure you'll have other options as well, if for whatever reason he isn't in a squad or doesn't come on, then you've got people who are playing that can come in and replace him, so it's less of a risk, I suppose. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Um, who is next? On John Stones. Triple City as well. I don't think anyone can argue with Triple City and Triple Arsenal, two best sides in the Premier League by a mile last year. Both got good fixtures to start. Um, other than City, obviously, will get hammered at Turf Mall that's fr- next Friday. But other than that, um, yeah, I can't. I agree with with everything with those six picks for certain. Um, why John Stones over the other City defenders? Um, I think partly because of his price, it's easier to drop down to someone else if it turns out Ake or Akanji's getting the nod over him or he's getting his minutes reduced. Um, I think he is kind of most likely to get those kind of minutes and starts. He's got a bit of threat going forward, you know, could be doing some short passes in the box kind of work, but it's mostly for surety of starts and the ease of moving around if needs be. Yeah. Brilliant. Who's uh, who's next on uh, in your draft? We're getting to the probably the more difficult picks. I'm guessing we've covered all the ones that are definitely going to be in your squad. Are these last picks now things that could change in the build-up to, to kick off or do you, are you pretty certain that quite a lot of these remaining picks will still be in your side as well? Well, I've got um, a couple of bench um, to go, and the only reason that things will be moving around now is I need to if I need to find money for my last forward. But we'll kind of get to him in a sec yeah, because right. um, next was someone who I was um, holding off and anticipating until he got added into the game, and that's Anana in goal. Yeah. Um, what do you make of the um, the goalkeeper picks this year? Is there anyone else you were considering before Anana, or is he the obvious choice for you? Um, no, I had a bit of a fiddle around. I had a look at um, uh, Fabianski, um, just because if you can get the two of them together, you know, one of them's rotated, you're always getting the starts, da-da-da. Um, I had a look at Martinez, because their starts are pretty good. Um to be honest, the premium, premium top tier, those Edisons and Allisons, it's a lot of money to spend on a goalkeeper who's got a really limited ceiling. You know, they're not going to come out and get you 15, 20 points a game for that kind of cash. So that didn't really do it for me. Um, beyond that, those two, kind of Fabianski Martinez, I was just waiting for Onana when those rumours started coming through, to be honest with you. I had a look at Luke Shaw, but for 0.5 mil less, it's it's too easy to be honest for my mind. Yeah, I think that's. I, I used to be a big fan of the rotating four and a half million um, goalkeepers, but the last two or three seasons, I've just set and forget. Like you can see on the right hand side of the screen there, the points that goalkeepers get. You're not going to get more than four, probably four to five points a game for the top ones, and there's not much difference as you as you go down the list. So, um, so yeah, I think. I think the way spending nine million, you've got um, 
an asset from Man United who should keep some decent clean sheets, especially with a fixture run. Uh, I think that's a good way of going out pick, uh, about picking your keepers. So you've got two defenders and two strikers left. Where are you going? Where are you going next? And I think if we just take a sec to look at the squad, you've got Triple C, Triple Man U, Man United, sorry, flipping echo, get crucified for that one, uh, Triple Arsenal. And for two, probably three of the best teams in the league, to be able to triple up on all of them and not really compromise to pick pretty much the best options from those teams, I do think they've dropped the ball on the pricing a little bit. But as you said, if it lets people have more fun by getting all their favourite heroes in, then, hey, it's all about having fun. Fair play to you. I've got my hero with uh, with Bayer, and I want to be adding my other hero in Teller in a week or so, but let's uh, <laughs> put the crystal ball down for a second. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I think yeah. Um, I think from the off, the, uh, it, there will be a lot of similar squads out there, um, but I don't think there's anything wrong with with going with, uh, with the template, if that's what you want to do. Uh, because there will be some surprise packages this season. There'll be uh, there'll be twists and turns, and there's lots of ways that you can um, that you can play the game as you go through. Um, but yeah, I think the way you're setting it up now is pretty similar to the way I would do it. Um, and then yeah, there'll um, there'll be things you look back on, um, and and I'm sure we'll end up with different squads to. Uh, in 10 game weeks you look back and think why well that were a shocking pick or that were a really good pick why didn't I go for him but for now yeah I completely see your reasoning and um, yeah I agree with the, what you've said about the pricing too and if you think about it if you if you start off and you just rise with the pack and you stay just just a little bit ahead then you've always got time down the season to just work in that one or two differential when they start to come online if you're playing catch up from the start, you've got to jump in front of everyone else and then pick your differentials and da 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 da. Yeah, you send up so, chasing, don't you? Exactly, and then you start making mad picks like, you know, crikey, captain in <laughs> captain in Veghorst, like I did a couple of seasons ago. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Flashbacks. Um, so next one, boring striker. Um, 4.5 mil Semenyo from Bournemouth not seeing him in many teams but I'm guessing he's just fodder is there anything more than that third sub every week four and a half million striker low owned third sub every week low owned so that you're not going to lose value on him if people jump off I'm not going to be at risk of triple Bournemouth so I'm not blocking myself off from anyone yeah just park him sensible um Defender time, Baldock, Sheffield United. Two four million defenders, but two four million starting defenders. I don't think we've had that option many times in previous years. That's basically my logic. Um, I'm more than happy if he just gets me two points off the bench when I need him. I'm not looking for anything too dramatic, but that will do me fine. And we'll show that when we when we complete this squad, and we'll go onto the uh, pick team page um, where everyone will sit, and you can see how strong the starting eleven will look. Uh, Sue's your last two. Uh, we'll do the defence there since we're there, and that's going to be a Stupinan from Brighton. Yeah, really strong side, prone to rotation, but you wouldn't think so with Stupinan. No, and again, those opening four fixtures. Um, to start off your season at Luton at home and especially before 
Europe starts to um, kick in and fatigue happening, I think, why not? Absolutely, yeah. why not? Especially at that price. So we have a seven point five mil shape gap in up top now. Who's and going that? I'm I'm about to break one of my rules and yeah, put in Nkunku. Now he is flagged, so obviously this might change. I might have to find 0.5 mil to get Watkins in. I might, you know, look at a very flirty Darwin Nunes. But at the minute, I've put him in, I've broken my rule of never being swayed by a cheap, attractive option from Germany early doors. <laughs> and <laughs> I've just, uh, I'm, I'm replaying the highlights of Bundesliga fantasy during lockdown and uh, see what happens. Yeah, I don't know much about him. I've seen him, he's looked really bright in pre-season. Um, but yeah, I think he he hold off with a bit of an injury last night. Don't look too serious, but wait for news on that. Have you got any other um, alternatives that you're thinking of if he's ruled out of the first game? Or would that change two or three positions for you? Yeah, I'd have to find a cash. I'd love um, I'd love Watkins. Um, I'd look at Nunes. But I'd need to t tinker with someone else around there. So it'd have to be some proper choices at that point. Yeah. And, um, and did... Did you uh were you considering Gabriel Jesus? Because I know you've mentioned Nkunku, uh Darwin Nunes, Watkins, uh Jesus through my team until he has been ruled out of the first few weeks of the season last night. So I'm looking at these names as well. Uh did the Jesus injury impact you at all, or were you always on Nkunku because of the reasons uh, before? No, no, no. I started with um Jesus top uh, three up top in my first first draft. Um and then I shunted him down to get the money for Rashford. Um basically did a swap between between I think I think I had Zorori in mid and that was the swap um to get all my premiums in the mid and drop the forward down a little bit. But I've always had Unkunku since my first draft because I just remember how good the nostalgia of what four years ago <laughs> in lockdown was. Now I've uh, you can see how strong the side starting eleven looks there. Uh, and you've got Baldock and Bayer um to come in if any of them do miss out. Uh there's one player that we haven't really mentioned um that I'm pretty scared of not owning. Mohamed Salah, game week one since he joined Liverpool, has returned big returns every single season. Have you considered putting the Egyptian king in your side or do you think that takes too much away from, from the rest of the squad? Mate, I've considered it every five ways from Sunday. Um, I've woken up considering it. I've zoned out of meetings considering it. I've fed my child considering it. Um, her first words are going to be Egyptian king from the amount of thinking I'm doing. But it's just finding an extra three and a half million if I move, if let's say I take Rashford out and he's a good player, three and a half million, I drop Haaland down to Kane. I need to find another one and a half million. It's just, it's not impossible, but you've got to do a lot of surgery. And I think the combination of strong mid can balance out one excellent player who, let's be honest, if you have Haaland, you're not going to captain him anyway. Yeah. It's a lot of money for someone you're not going to captain. Is he really going to outscore Rashford that much? Maybe two or three points, but probably not enough to make you sweat. 
Yeah, completely agree with that. Um, one other thing I just wanted to ask you as well is um, Harry Kane has been linked away from Spurs. Um, would that change your opinion on any of the other Spurs assets if he was to leave? Because Richarlison's seven million, uh, Sun's had a price drop. I think he's nine million. Um, yeah, would it make the their assets more appealing if he did leave? Which is a bit of a strange thing to say, given how good he's been the last few. Well, for the last almost decade. Yeah, I think, well, on one hand, it might make them more appealing because, you know, Richarlison might get pushed through the middle, Son might be more involved and relied upon for attacking returns. On the other hand, it might make them less reliable um, in the sense that they've played this system for goodness knows how long he'd leave a week before um, the season starts, what effects that going to have behind the scenes, da-da-da. One of my mantras when picking players, I'm not, big on the eye test i'm not big on the stats test i'm big on the what's the mood of the club test because you could have someone who's the best player in the world but if he's playing for chelsea last season he's not going to do you anything so is kane leaving a week before the season starts going to destabilize them oh no is it a risk you want to take to rip up a pretty solid draft to put in a couple of honestly really high upsides but a couple of maybes you're a braver man than me than you if you do, but it's not daft. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's. I think Richarlison might come into my thinking if so. Given probably more from, like you said, the week before the season, maybe not the first couple of weeks, but I think the fixtures are good from um, from game week three, um, mm. and then, and then it might be worth considering after you've got a couple of weeks information. Um, just It'd put be the, really the saucy. Yeah, it'd be really <laughs> saucy if you drop Martinelli down and put Fernandez up if it worked. Well, Pep might work. have dropped Foden by then. Given a hounding, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'll just just put the fixtures on there because uh, that's something I look at quite a lot. We've mentioned from top to bottom, just rated from the start of the season. Um, uh, Chelsea at the top there, but I think that's mainly from game week three, uh, and then Burnley at the bottom, which um, obviously isn't isn't very nice for us, but. Um, I'm sure, obviously, that'll turn. And with our three home games to start, they don't know what's going to hit them when they come uh, come to turf. So the only um, table we're going to be bottom of this season, may I tell you? <laughs> Good stuff. Um, and then this is always something I look at when I'm if I'm ever thinking about the first wild card. Um, well, I think that's the only chip you're going to play really wisely until uh, in the first first bit of part of the season. Uh, have you got any sort of taxi, tactics for that or is it just play it when you need to play it? Uh, Wildcard wise, um, no, there's some teams who have swings, like you mentioned, Spurs have a bit of a swing, um, United, uh, a little bit down the road, Man United have some really nice fixtures um, a little bit later on that you might want to steamroll into. I think the first wildcard, you've got the advantage of having the second in your back pocket. Um, later down in the season because you get a second one in the second half of the season so you can play it a little bit more aggressively knowing that you've got something later on if you want to or you can play it a bit more reactionary and not have to worry that you're going to go the rest of the season with it so there's flexibility um, the only thing to say with the other chips is it's before Europe really kicks off so if there's teams that you're worried about are going to be rotating and if there's assets that you're kind of getting twitchy about their minutes and they've got a really good fixture early doors, and you're confident in them, why not? 
yeah, good advice. Um, can't argue with that. Uh, and I'm sure we'll have plenty of discussion around when to play your um your wild card uh, in the first few weeks of the season. Um, right, I think that's pretty much it to wrap it up. Uh, any questions? Get in touch with us on the usual platforms on uh, on Twitter and Facebook. Um, thanks, Jimmy, for all of your very useful insight um, for our no-name ever managers to use. If you don't already, then give him a follow at ClaretFPL on Twitter. Um, just find one of the, well, a reminder that the no-name ever league code is CB2WUM, but we'll be posting that on the platforms as well. Um, deadline, don't miss it, 6.30pm next Friday, the 11th of August. Uh, we've got another pod out uh, similar time to this where the analysis team will round up all of the latest Burnley preseason news as the excitement grows before the big kickoff at Turf Moor under the lights. All the best for game week one. Up the Clarets. Up the Clarets, mate. The Known and Ever podcast is brought to you in association with the Talk Sport Fan Network. Natalie Bromley is the host and editor, and the show is produced by Matt Moss. Our resident statistician is Dave Roberts and our FPL expert is Adam Dennett. The analysis show team is collectively Tom Whitaker, Richard Steele, George Poole, Charlotte Rigby, Adam Dennett and Robbie Kopak. Our music is provided by George Gaskill and our newsletter team is headed up by Jamie Smith. If you don't already, you can subscribe to our newsletter by visiting nonadnever.substack.com. Our thanks as ever go to our partners, TalkSport. We are, as ever, proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.